Yo, 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 welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So I'm here again with another first reaction, first initial reactions after both game threes. Um, you know, we're heading out of the weekend and so forth. The weekend is concluding. Um, Memorial Day weekend next week. Shouts out to that. But this is my second time, second week in a row. I'm giving you guys my first initial thoughts and reactions of the games. Um, you guys know how this goes. I'm not I, like I'm not really considering considering this a full episode because I'm not. I don't want to be on here long. It's supposed to be quick. First initial thoughts and reactions. But welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid. I am here with you guys. Like I said, I'm concluding my weekend, and I concluded my weekend by watching this game three of the Warriors and Mavs game. Uh, obviously, we both know, we all know <clears throat> the predicaments that these uh, that these series are in right now. Golden State goes up three games to zero versus the Mavericks. We all know the history. You know, nobody has uh, no no team has ever trailed three zero and come back to win a series. And then on the Eastern Conference side of things, we have the Miami Heat. They have a two one lead over the Boston Celtics. Um, and before I even get into both series, um. As I stated, because it's been a big thing, uh, at least with the at least with the Eastern Conference Finals. Before this, b- before the Conference Finals tipped off, and I po- I talked about and evaluated the four teams. I talked about basically these four teams. I picked Golden State to win it all before the season started. Um, I picked Golden State to win it all. I- I've been sticking by that, but in terms of evaluating these four teams. I said Golden State is the most offensively gifted and talented. I said Dallas had the best remaining player probably when Luka Dantich. I said Boston has the best defensive talent um, and then the best defensive team left. And I said Miami, they have the deepest bench with the best depth. That's how I evaluated all four teams remaining. Um, I, I basically pick out, picked out their biggest strengths. And... In that, I also stated none of these teams can really afford a major injury. And obviously, we know about cha- like winning championships. You got obviously got to have the talent, got to have the skill, you got to have all of that, right? But then you got to also have like luck. And I talked about it. It's so interesting because I, I I talked about how none of these teams can really afford a major injury, um, because like these t- all four of these teams are really tight, like. Um, it looks like Golden State is going to sweep. They may sweep the Mavericks. But these four teams, like a lot of people was giving the Mavericks a puncher's chance. Um, and, and with Boston and Miami, Boston was the favorites to win this series, but Miami's no slouch, it seems like. So in all, none of these four teams can afford a major injury. And as we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals already, game one, um, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Missed game one. Boston came out pretty good in the first half. But then the second half, the third quarter was just a complete turnaround. Um, and my, you know, the, the series transitioned to Boston. Um, obviously, Miami, you know, Boston split in Miami. But the, tra- the series transitioned to Boston. There were a couple key injuries. Jimmy Butler missed the second half of, the ga- of game three. Uh, Jason Tatum got hurt for momentarily, uh, you know, along, you know, Marcus Smart. 
And then Robert Williams, Robert Williams, impact. He's so impactful, so versatile defensively to what the Mavericks do. He missed game three. So especially in the Eastern Conference side of things, the injuries and my case and my point about these teams, not really like these teams aren't equipped to overcome major injuries. You're seeing it with Boston a little bit where they have missed a couple starters um, in a couple of games. And it's cost them. Um, but that's not even the biggest thing. Let's get – and we're talking about Boston and Eastern Conference. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. I think game three – the game three loss for the Celtics is really disappointing. Now, before I even, like, harp on the Celtics and, you know, talk about them, I want to say this about the Miami Heat. I called them fool's gold. I did not think the Miami Heat were as good as their seed may have said, right? I didn't think they were a one seed. Like, they were a one seed, but they didn't give you the feel of a one seed. But one thing I can give the Miami Heat, great coaching, great defense, and Jimmy Butler, he takes his game to the to the next level in the postseason. That's what I give Miami. And, like, in game one, Miami, as I talked about, I think they have the best depth and the best bench um, remaining in the postseason. And my that's like that's literally how they won game one. Miami just outlasted Boston. And that's what it seems like a lot of times with the Heat. The Heat throughout the postseason in the Philly series, um, and we've seen instances of it in this series versus Boston. They just have a little bit more depth, and they just outlast they out they completely outlast Boston, uh, especially in game one with that third quarter takeover. I give you this key stat right here. Out of the 12 quarters that has been played in the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami has won two quarters. Two quarters. Out of the 12 quarters that's been played in the Eastern Conference Finals, I will repeat, Miami has only won two of those quarters. So it's not it's not complete utter domination on Miami's hand. It's not complete utter domination on Miami's part. It's more so Miami they get right they get hot at the right times and they're just outlasting Boston and Boston is just giving away the series. They're giving away the series. Game 3, Boston has to win that game. Game the way how Boston played in game 2 they shot the ball really well. And what you saw from Boston in game two, Marcus Smart was back. You saw the impact of both Marcus Smart and Al Horford. You, you, like, you saw the difference from Boston with their ball movement, their turnovers. They weren't as sloppy with the basketball. But also, Miami defensively did not play as physical and as aggressive as they did in game one. Well, hey, game three... I'm thinking Boston's going back home after a big-time Game 2 win. Like, Game 3 is a tone setter for that home team. The home team in Game 3, that has to be a tone setter, especially after stealing one on the road. Yet, Boston found themselves down 20. Completely unacceptable. Completely disappointing. Completely disappointing. I think both coaches are doing a fairly good job on both sides. Um, I think the the key thing is with with you know that we saw in Game Three with Miami and Boston was first 
the turnovers, the sloppy and the reckless play of the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat had 19 steals to the Celtics, too. The Miami Heat had 33 points off of the Celtics' turnovers. The Celtics had 19 points off of the Heat turnovers. The margin, the disparity between the two in terms of Miami being able to force so many turnovers is completely insane. The Celtics had 23 turnovers. 23 turnovers, 19 of those were steals. So that, like, if, if you watch the game, Boston was just very sloppy with the basketball. And I got to point out my guy, Jason Tatum. I talked about Jason Tatum. I raved about Jason Tatum. He had a big-time game, too. But Jason Tatum, P.J. Tucker, they made the adjustment. P.J. Tucker has got, in game three, he was up in physical and in the grill of Jason Tatum. And Tatum, I'll give you this stat right here. This, here's another stat. And uh, so Jason Tatum has been guarded by P.J. Tucker for 127 possessions. This is including the regular season and the playoffs. And those 127 possessions, Jason's, Jason Tatum has scored a whopping 15 points. And those 127 possessions. Game three, Jason Tatum shot three for 14 and had six turnovers. He had six turn. He had six turnovers. He had more turnovers than field goals made. I thought another big thing from Miami, from the Miami side of things, was the offensive emergence of Bam Adebayo. Bam first two games. Pretty good defensively. Defensively, not really the issue. But he only had 16 points combined in game one and game two. Game three, he had 16 points at half. And he finished with 31 and 10, had six assists and four steals. So you saw the com- you saw offensively what Bam Adebayo could do. He had his mind on scoring the basketball. They needed a they needed more from him, especially with Jimmy. Being out in the second half, Tyler Hero struggled. So offense had to come through Bam. Bam had a big-time night. Bam had a big-time night. Bam had a big-time night. But with Boston, this is a complete meltdown, I feel like. This is a letdown. I feel, and I'm really disappointed because I thought this Celtics team, at first, I thought they were just better than Miami. And, I, and a part of me still thinks they're better than Miami because, like I said, out of 12 quarters, the Heat have won two quarters. The Heat have won two quarters. The third quarter in game one and the first quarter in game three. That's the only two quarters the Heat have won. But they, have, but they get out to these insurmountable leads. They win the quarters by 20-plus points. And Boston is never able to find them. They Like Boston, they claw back into the game, like in game three. But it, it's just a complete melt. It's a complete letdown. It's a complete letdown. Jalen Brown had a big-time night. He had 40 points. But you're just looking at the production for Boston, and you're like, Boston doesn't really give you much. They're not really giving you much. P.J. Tucker, we I mean, 
I don't think that got talked about enough. P.J. Tucker opting to leave Milwaukee. Milwaukee not resigning P.J. Tucker was a huge mistake. Was a huge mistake. P.J. Tucker, when he, when you have a guy that brings that much energy and effort and then that defensive ability, and then he's on, and then on the offense end, he's able to shoot the three ball in that corner. That 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 that's that's valuable. That's value. That's value, and and that's so needed in today's NBA. Being able to defend the perimeter, wings, your best wing players, because that's what PJ Tucker does. He defends your best wing players. He gets up in their grill. He gets physical, and then and then on the other side, he's able to shoot the three ball in the corner. So when I look at this series, I'm thinking for Boston, the defensive intensity has to improve. Um, it, it, like that, and, and and I think it will. Game three, I was very surprised when Boston allowed 39 points in the first quarter of game three. But I give him this. Defensively, I think it'll come because, excuse me, because Boston is a really good unit defensively. I think offensively, the biggest knock that I have had on Boston, even during the playoffs, even dating back to last year and years prior, Boston is in dire need of a pure playmaker. You look at 23 turnovers. You look at the guys that they have on their roster. And I'm not saying Tatum, Jalen Brown. I'm not saying Marcus Smart. I'm not saying they can't playmake. But Boston is in need. And it shows. It shows at times. That is their biggest offensive weakness. They don't have a guy. That is a natural playmaker. When you think of Jason Tatum, great, great offensive player, great score, great isolation score. Playmaking has improved, but that's not his best trait or ability. Jalen Brown, slasher, can put the ball in the deck, has improved his jump shot, can score off the dribble. Not really looking to playmake. You look at Marcus Smart. He's kind of their semi-point guard. But he's not a playmaker naturally. He's not a play, he's not a natural born playmaker. He can do it a little bit. Like these guys are capable playmakers, but Boston is in need of a pure point guard, a pure playmaker that is gonna look to get others involved. Simple as that. Simple as that. And I'm not saying they can afford this guy, and I'm not saying they should get this guy. But I think a guy like Lonzo Ball, where he has good length, uh, he he brings a similar defensive intensity, really good defender. But Lonzo is also a pure playmaker. He's just going to get others involved. He's going to get others involved, and he's going to make others around, around him better. Not saying they should get Lonzo. Not saying they should, you know, I'm just saying they need a pure playmaker. And that's what comes to mind. A player like Lonzo Ball comes to mind where good size. Also, Boston, really good defensively. He's good defensively. And he's a pure playmaker on the offense fan. And he's an improved shooter. Some pl- A player of those traits and those skills, like Alonzo Ball, that is what Boston needs. But I think Boston, despite not having that, I think Boston is still capable and and good enough to win this series. So this series isn't over. I'm not saying this series isn't over. Celtics fans don't panic, but there is some calls for a pause and some, you know, 
some eyebrows should be raising. And we already kind of knew the problems of, of Boston offensively. They get into these dry spells offensively where they, they it's like isolation play where they take turns, they get really three happy. And that's where you see the the missing tool of okay, they need a pure point guard. They need a they need a guy, they need a ball handler that's gonna get this thing settled down, that's gonna get the best shot available on the floor. And sometimes Boston really, really struggles with that. And you see it a little bit down the stretch. They make these, they make these terrific runs because they they bring the intensity on defense like they like they usually do. But then on offense, offensively down the stretch at times where you have Tatum struggling and Jalen Brown, they need a pure point guard. They need a pure point guard. And it shows. And I've been talking about that and I've been saying that for some time now. They need a pure point guard. But once again, the heat culture on this on full display. Um, you can just tell well coached team, they're gonna play defense. Defense travels. Boston, Miami, defense travels. Their defense, both defenses have been traveling. Miami played some stellar defense, 19 steals. Um, that was really the story of game three. Boston lacks a days of cool, careless carelessness of taking care of the basketball. Miami feasting on that. Bam out of bio coming alive offensively. And then once again, the Celtics, their lack of a playmaker, a pure playmaker, a natural born playmaker shows once again. Now, I want us to go to Golden State and the Mavericks. Um, I thought this series, like I said, Golden State is up 3-0. Um, I thought this series was going to be a little bit more competitive than what it's ha- than what it's been. Um, I didn't see I, I picked Golden State to win this series, but I picked them to win in six or seven games. Um, because I thought Luca could get at least two at home. Maybe they could have still won in Golden State. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Uh, I'm not even sure if Dallas is gonna get a game. Sorry. And I and you guys know I really, really like Luca. And and let's just break this down with Golden State. Golden State, as I already said, um, coming into the conference finals, I thought overall they had the best offensive talent. They can kill you in a multitude of ways. When they had their death line, their new found death line up on the floor, everybody is a threat. Um, I know some people would probably say, what about Draymond? Somewhat, sometimes Draymond can be aggressive. So, like, literally everyone on the floor is a threat. Um, the emergence of Andrew Wiggins, or the, the resurrection, I have to say, um, him bouncing back, um, Andrew Wiggins has been phenomenal. He's he, he's at first, he's had a really good playoff run, but then he comes through with a huge game three at times. And tonight in game three, him and Steph Curry were the best two, were the two best players for the Warriors tonight. Like him and Steph, two best players in the Warriors tonight. Um, first, Wiggins, we're going to talk about his career high. He scored 27 and was phenomenal, like I already mentioned. But also, the job that he's done on Luka, and it's not so much like, okay, look at the stat sheet and he's, hold, and he's holding Luka to, you know, 20 points and, he, and Luka's shooting the ball horribly. No, 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 no. But the constant pressure 
that Wiggins is putting on the ball and forcing Luka to really do a lot. Big ups to Andrew Wiggins. And I, I think this, you know, him going to the Warriors, I, I kind of already figured. But sometimes it's the culture. Sometimes, sometimes it's the environment. In the Warriors environment, the Warriors culture, that that like that's it's 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 contagious. And really, that second quarter for the Warriors in game three, atrocious. Atrocious. They were putrid offensively. They it, it seemed like they couldn't really get anything going because that's when Steph hit the bench. That's when Andrew Wiggins hit the bench. That's when Draymond hit the bench. Um, because that was really the Warriors three. That those were the two, three effective players offensively, at least in the first half. Um, and it kind of carried over into the second half. But the second quarter, like the first six, the first half of that second quarter, the Warriors were atrocious. And I thought that was the perfect time for the Mavericks to kind of go, for the Mavericks to break the game open. But going into halftime, the Warriors were up 48. They were up 48 to 47. They were, The Warriors were up one. After, after a subpar second quarter, for the Warriors standards, definitely subpar, they were up one. And a lot of that comes from, I think, what Dallas, I mean, what Golden State is doing with, with Luka, right? Like I said, it's not going to really show in the stat sheet. More so, this, this is why it's important to watch the games. Because you look at Luka's stat sheet, you're like, oh, Luka had a 40 point, he had 40 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Like, you're thinking Luka had a pretty good game. And he, and Luka did. Luka, Luka was phenomenal. Luka's Luka. He's going to get his. Shot 11 for 23 from the field. He, he's going to get his. But Dallas was really – and he had 20 – I think Luka had like 20, 20 points in the fourth quarter, 22 points in the fourth quarter. But you look at what Golden State was doing. Golden State was showing him two, three guys. Um, and essentially, they were like, okay, they were like, okay, Luka, you're great. Luka, you're phenomenal. Luka, we know you're great enough to beat us. But let's see these other guys make shots. And you could tell Reggie Bullock, 0 for 10 from the field, 0 for 7 from three. Hell, he was 0 for 1 from the free throw line. So he just didn't make a bucket tonight. Like, he didn't make a basket tonight. It's, it, it, and Dallas had so many great looks, especially in that second quarter. Dallas, all throughout the game, really had some really good looks. They're, they're supporting cast. Got, they're getting some good looks. And literally, a guy like Reggie Bullock, he couldn't hit anything. He couldn't put a jump. He couldn't put anything on layaway. He couldn't hit the ocean. Like, he was atrocious tonight. He was so bad that it seemed like he played for the Warriors. Like, he stunk it up. He stunk it up. He was 0 for 10 from the field. Maxi Kleber, who I really like, and I think he's had a really good playoff. He's had a really good playoff run. But 0 for 5, 0 points. He didn't make a basket tonight. And, and you could tell Kleber... Maxi, his confidence was rattled because at times he would have an open shot and he would overthink it. He would try to take a dribble and it would lead to a turnover. That's that's the story with Dallas. Dallas on the offensive end, yeah, Luke is good enough to get his. Jalen Brunson had a cool twenty points. Spencer Dinwiddie was he divided. He he brought some spark off the bench with twenty six points, and at times it was like. 
the two guys that were aggressive and looking actively looking for their shot was Luka Doncic and Jalen and, 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 and Spencer Dinwiddie at times. At times, like the first half, it was like Dinwiddie, Luka, Luka, Dinwiddie, Luka, Dinwiddie. So like they just took turns essentially. So offensively for Dallas, they're getting some good looks, just not falling. They're just not falling. Dallas getting good looks, just not falling. The open, they're 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 supporting Cass. Lucas supporting Cass. He's giving them the rock. He's putting them in the right positions. He's like, there was some great passes tonight that were absolutely that won't get counted as assists because the shots weren't made. But Lucas playmakers on full display. Dallas guys just not making shots. Dallas guys just not making shots. And Golden State, I mean, okay, like I said, defensively, and then with with Dallas defensively. They have a lot of holes. They're trying to hide Luka, but then sometimes it's difficult to hide Luka because then, you know, the, the Warriors find a way to get him on a pick-and-roll switch, and, you know, Steph puts him on the island. Um, I thought at times Luka did did give a little bit more effort, and I thought at times he had some good he had some really good defensive stops. But Dallas just can't generate enough stops while they're trailing. They can't generate enough stops. Um, in order to win these games. And that's that's essentially what it came down to these last two games. Game two, Dallas had a 19-point lead. Um, the Warriors did what the Warriors do. Uh, and then down the stretch where, where when, when Dallas needed a stop at everywhere you went, Golden State just had a lane to the basket. They had an open lane to the basket, to the basket, penetrating and being able to just flourish off of that. And then tonight, game three, or yeah, tonight, game three, I mean, once again, Golden State, when Dallas needed a stop, Golden State got a bucket. Whether that came from Steph, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole hit a late three, hit a dagger three um, down the stretch. Um, You know, I I just thought Golden State offensively, they're, they're getting good looks. They're knocking it down. Their offensive flow and rhythm was on point tonight um like i said they had a putrid second quarter but when their guys are in when their five is in they have a really good offensive flow a really good offensive flow they have a really good offensive flow um so that's that that's really that's really what's been happening i mean luca luca's been luca right last two games he's put up 40 points he's put up 40 points like he's been phenomenal. Luke, that, that's that's no surprise. That should come to no surprise by anyone. But in terms of Dallas trying to steal a game, at least a game, it's gonna start with first. I mean, we, we like the open shots to come, but defensively, Dallas cat they can't let just they first. It's a little crazy, but Golden State, the way Andrew Wiggins. Six offensive rebounds. Six offensive rebounds for Andrew Wiggins alone. Draymond had one. Kevon Looney had uh, he had four more offensive. Like the Warriors are too good of an offensive team to give multiple opportunities to. They're too good. Like, they're too good offensively to give multiple opportunities to. At some point, they're going to burn you. They're going to burn you. At some point, they're going to burn you. 
Now, in the grand scheme of things, not you know, um, with with the Mavericks, I'm thinking I'm gonna think like glass half full instead of glass half empty. That was kind of like the glass half empty approach. The glass half full approach with Dallas, right? Here is kind of like the bright news or the grand scheme of things of this Mavericks playoff run. This playoff run for the Mavericks has been phenomenal. Um, if you didn't know. Luca is phenomenal. Luca is a top tier superstar. He is going to be doing like these type of playoff runs and these playoff moments that he has had this postseason. You're going to continue to see this. He's been doing this for some time now. Uh, I think with Dallas, they took that next step. They got to the they first they won a playoff series. They won two playoff series. They got to the conference finals. Now they are a step away from getting to the NBA Finals. Um, and I and with Luca, I love Luca to death. I really like Luca. I'm a huge, I'm a you guys know I'm a huge Luca guy, but I wouldn't be keeping it 100 and I wouldn't be being honest if I didn't say this. The first step for the Mavericks, not in terms of personnel, but in first the first step for the Mavericks, it starts with Luca and it starts with his weight training. Um, coming into the season in shape, in tip-top shape, changing his diet, um, and and pursuing a little bit more commitment to defensive end. That that it, it's going to really start with that. Now, in terms of personnel, I think Dallas could really use um, a, a second All Star, like a second legitimate All Star. As I've said already, I think Jalen Brunson is a fine player. Now Dallas is gonna probably gonna have to go into luxury tax to pay him, um, and I'm I'm not gonna be mad because he had a really good postseason this year, but they need a second star in order to get over the hump to help out Luca. It's 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 series like this where it exemplifies and it's like an example of okay they need a second star they need another guy Phoenix you can get you can you, you know Luca's great enough. He's great enough to overcome a well-oiled oil machine like Phoenix. He's great enough to overcome a fairly decent team in Utah. He's great enough to overcome those things. But it's series like this versus the Warriors, where the Warriors are like legitimate championship contenders, and they're probably going to win it all. It's moments in this series and his opponents like this where you like, Dallas needs a second star. They need a second guy. And that's even in even with the Phoenix series, they Dallas won the Phoenix series. But as I talked about, Dallas needs these they need these unusual spikes from their players, from their supporting cast. They need these unusual spikes where, you know, it's not going to happen all. It's not going to happen four times with a great team like Golden State. Like those spikes are just not going to happen. And they got it. I mean, you know, they got, I think, Luca, the greatness of Luca and Jason Kidd um, propelled them to that series win over Phoenix. Um, but also, they got some spikes. They got those, spi- those spikes that I was talking about in terms of shooting the basketball and their role play. Like, think, like Dallas received that. And with Golden State, it's just not happening. They're, they're, they're not getting that same production from their role players, guys like Reggie Bullock. Guys like Maxi Kleba, they're not getting that same spike that they were seeing in the Utah series, in the Phoenix series. 
like I said, in the grand scheme of things, this should be, um, this season should be, this is a good season. Now, obviously, obviously you want to, I'm not saying, you know, second place, third place, fourth, you know, but in terms of Dallas and looking and contextualizing things, because if we're being honest, a lot of people, when Luca had the injury and his timetable was a little bit unquestionable, it was, it was a questionable, his timetable was questionable. Um, a lot of people pick Utah to win the series. Like a lot of people pick Utah because we didn't know we didn't know when Luca was coming back. We we didn't have any timetable, so a lot of people pick Utah to win the series. Essentially, Dallas comes back, they win the series in six games, and then the one seed they play in the one seed Phoenix Suns, sixty four wins. A lot of people thought Phoenix would win. A lot of people thought Phoenix would win that series. So. Essentially, Dallas were the underdogs in both series that they won. Um, so, like I said, it should, in the grand scheme of things, this was um, a launching point for, for the Mavericks, definitely. This is definitely a launching point and something they can definitely build off of um, going into next year. That's why I say with Luka in terms of his physical, uh, like in terms of him taking care of himself, this, is, this should be a launching pad. This should be okay. Conference finals, we lost, but we won two playoff series. Um, Luca was great, but the next step for Luca is, is getting in shape. Imagine if Luca was in good shape. And during this time, like, you know, conference finals, NBA finals, like, honestly, nobody is in their best shape, but like, you can tell the guys that's like in shape and keep up. And we all know Luca plays himself into shape. Come into the season, be in shape already, fix your diet, a little bit more commitment on the defensive end. But Luca, other than that, Luca's phenomenal. Luca's phenomenal. Dallas definitely had. I mean, I, I've been saying this. Um, I've been we like we've been new this, but like Dallas definitely have an all-timer on their hands. They definitely have an all-timer on their hands. Take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of him. Dallas has all time on their hands. Um, like I said, it looks like the Warriors are gonna probably they're gonna they're gonna reign victorious in this series. They're gonna they're gonna go on to the NBA Finals with the Eastern Conference. That remains to be seen. Let's see if we you know Boston. This is a critical must win for Boston. And here's the thing with Boston: like Game four, it's now it sounds as if Jimmy Butler is going to play in game four. But if Miami wanted to rest him, they can afford to rest him because they had the 2-1 lead. So it just changes the whole dynamic of things. Because if Boston would have won game three and they're up 2-1 at home, Miami would have no absolute choice but to play Jimmy Butler. But there is like there is an option, and there is some flirting with the option that, hey, Jimmy Butler, he can afford to miss a game. Miami has a 2-1 lead. But we'll see what happens. Um, Like I said, I know Celtics fans, they are not going to like me for this. But once again, I said last week, it's championship or bust. Who cares if you make the conference finals? Congratulations. Congratulations, Celtics fans. 
I didn't know a conference finals appearance meant so much to you guys. Congratulations. What good is consistency if you don't get the result at the end that you want? What is the point of being consistent if you get no results at the end of it? So we'll see what Boston does in game four. This should be an interesting series. Something is telling me Boston will probably win game four, and we're going to have a critical, a critical, critical game five played in Miami. Series tied 2-2. That is my gut. My gut is telling me Boston is going to win in game four. Uh, I'm, or I'm a lean. I'm not gonna say going to win, but I'm a, I'm a lean. My gut is leaning with Boston to win in Game Four, and we're gonna have a setup for a great and critical and important and vital Game Five. But those are my quick initial first thoughts and reactions. Like I said, this is my second week doing it. Uh, I'm this may be something that I do in the future. I, you got, I got some good response from it. So, you know, if you guys give me a good response from it and, you know, you tell me that you like it, people liking it, you're playing it, you're listening to it, thank you guys for that. But that, you know, I, I continue to do it. But these are my, like, this is my first, this is like my fresh thoughts, my fresh thoughts. I haven't written anything down, um, just my initial reactions to both game three and, you know, both series in general. But without further ado, like I said, I don't want to hold you guys any longer because uh, this is going to be this should this should be quick. This should have been quicker. But like I said, without further ado, let you guys go. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace, deuces. Enjoy. Thank you guys. Shout out, shout out to everybody listening. Great, great thanks. I greatly appreciate it. I'm gone. Peace, deuces. <laughs>